0: Chapter twenty six of Robin Hood. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Robin Hood by Paul Creswick. Chapter twenty six. The Sheriff having failed to ensnare Robin Hood, and Master Simeon having done so little better. It became clear that a more wise person than either must attempt the business the demoiselle marie had recovered from her fit of anger and announced her intention of showing them both how such an affair should be approached to this end she employed herself in archery and won some accomplishment in the sport then she caused master fitzwalter's house to be searched thoroughly and any writings of his to be brought to her. Mistress Monceau engaged her fingers next in a pretty schooling, teaching them to hold a pen as awkwardly as might Master Fitzwalter himself. So she produced at last a writing purporting to come from him to Maid Marian his daughter. She wrote it simply, and in a few words, this, to my dear child Marion, from her affectionate father, Henry Fitzwalter, now in the court of St. James, in London town. I send you all greetings, and am well, both in mind and spirit. I pray, God, that he has kept you as jealousy in my long absence from home. This is to tell you, dear heart, that, after all, I shall return to Nottingham, mayhap very soon, and that you are to provide accordingly. I have had tidings of you given to me by my Lord Bishop of Hereford, and now send you this by the hand of his man, who returns to Nottingham on other business of my Lord's. I pray you to remain closely in Nottingham during my absence. Signed, Fitzwalter, Warden of the City Gates, the twenty fifth day of August, eleven eighty eight. The demoiselle Marie had made several attempts before she had succeeded in producing a letter so entirely to her satisfaction, and when she had sealed the above with the Fitzwalter arms and had addressed it, she felt such a glow of pride in it that she could scarce bring herself to part with the missive. At length, she bade one of her maids fetch master simeon to her when all delighted he stood before her his love handed him the note take this dear fool said she kindly and bring it to the hand of the maid fitzwalter she is with the outlaws in barnsdale hidden in one of their deeps no doubt i care not how you give it to her "'as long as you are speedy. "'I will send it by the hand of Roger, your father's cook. "'He is well acquainted with their hiding-places.' "'That would be to spoil my plot at its outset,' "'Marie answered cuttingly. "'Gather your wandering wits, "'and bethink you of some more likely messenger. "'Have you not someone in this town who can be trusted?' i have the very man for it suddenly cried carfax there is a young knight one who hath been exiled by the king for plotting with prince john he is the only son of our fiery neighbour montfichet he hath done secret work for the prince and will do it again if he believes that he hath need for it you are for ever employed in doubtful business said marie crossly i do not like your fiddling with prince john you may be sure that richard will succeed to the throne and then we shall see where your plottings have brought you richard hath already succeeded said carfax whisperingly i had the news but an hour since old henry of angevin is king no more he is dead and richard Coeur de leon as the commoners do call him hath gone to palestine all unknowing that he is king do you think that john may seize the throne sneered marie Marceau, unconvinced let it be i tell you simeon in any case we must destroy these outlaws of sherwood or they will destroy us if they be not exterminated by the end of this year my father will cease to be sheriff may the lord forbid cried carfax startled ay and we shall be poor folk simeon unworthy of you no doubt but that is not yet take this note and send it how you will so long as it comes to this girl's hands within two days carfax accepted the charge and went into the lodgings of one who had entered the town within the last few hours. None other, indeed, than Geoffrey de Montfichet, who had brought Master Simeon the startling news of the king's sudden death. Geoffrey perceived that he might openly show himself now if the sheriff would but ignore the dead king's decree of exile passed upon him. He was sounding carfax in the matter and the wily go-between was temporizing in his usual way trying to make some gain to himself out of the one or the other of them if you will but carry this letter to mistress fitzwalter who is with thy cousin robin fitsooth in barnsdale sir knight said simeon plausibly you will win the gratitude of the sheriff's daughter at the least and she doth rule the roost here as i can tell you tis but a letter from master fitzwalter to his child i know the woods and will take the note Geoffrey said see to it that monceau does not move against me his girl will tie his hands if need be grinned carfax ay she can drive us all god speed you sir knight it fell out that whilst robin was walking alone near the high road to york close to that very bridge whereon he had fought with little john he perceived a smart stranger dressed in scarlet and silk just as robin espied this gay gentleman and was marvelling at his daring in walking these woods so coolly, unattended by squire or guard, the knight deftly fitted an arrow to his bow, and with a clever shot brought down a fine stag. "'Well hit!' cried Robin, who could never abstain from admiration of a good bowman. "'You have used your bow full well, Sir Knight.' The scarlet knight turned towards Robin, and taking him for some husbandman or hind, called out in high tones, asking how he dared to speak to his betters in that insolent way. "'How is one to know one's betters?' Sir Knight queried Robin cheerfully. "'A noble is not always known by his dress, but rather by his manners and his deeds.' your insolence shall be well paid for returned the other putting by his bow and drawing his sword without further argument he approached robin angrily and struck at him with meaning robin was too quick for him however and caught the blow upon the edge of his own trusty blade after a few passes robin fainted and catching the other unawares dealt him a thwack with the flat of his blade the scarlet stranger reeled under the blow i find you are not so mean a person as i had thought observed he in a series of gasps yet even now tis not amiss that you should have a lesson with that the two engaged heartily and fought for nigh on an hour without either side gaining an advantage at length he succeeded in pricking Robin on the cheek. Hast enough, fellow? A rest would be welcome, admitted Robin with a laugh. They called a truce and sat down side by side beneath a tree. The stranger eyed Robin thoughtfully, and Robin glanced back at him, with his suspicions slowly growing to certainty. Presently... "'You are he whom they call Robin Hood, I take it,' said the stranger. "'Although I do not know you by such a strange name.' "'It is my own name,' replied the outlaw. "'And I am proud of it. "'Are you not Geoffrey of Gamewell?' "'That was my name, cousin, "'even as yours was once Robin Fitzsooth. "'But now I call myself Will Scarlet.' "'Tis a whimsy, but since Geoffrey Montfitchett has a bigger price on his head than I can afford to pay. "'Why, I have buried him under a prettier name. "'But tell me why you are dressed so plainly. "'On my life I did not know you when we first met.' "'A man should have clothes to suit his work, cousin,' argued Robin. "'And tis a wonder to me that you should have been able to kill yon stag,' "'with such a wild colour upon you. "'How be it? "'Thy arrow was shrewd enough, "'and I'll say no more than to tell you "'how well pleased I am "'to have fallen in with you again. "'Here's my hand, "'in all true affection, "'Cousin Scarlet, "'and mine, Cousin Hood.' "'They carried the stag between them "'to Barnesdale, "'and Robin learned that his cousin "'had a letter with him for Marion.' "'When Robin heard who had given it to Will Scarlet, "'his suspicions were immediately awakened. "'However, let us give Marion the letter "'and see what she may think upon it,' he observed. "'There cannot be much harm in that.' "'Thus did Mistress Monceau succeed admirably "'in the first part of her scheme. "'Soon as Marion had had her letter,' she was all agog to go back into Nottingham. She showed the scroll to Robin, and though his heart misgave him, he could hardly say her nay. No doubt as to the genuineness of the letter occurred to Marion. She knew her father's peculiarly awkward handwriting too well. Certainly the phrasing of it seemed a little too easy for so plain a man. Yet, since he had been so long in london he had of course acquired court ways on the third week in september Marian determined to return to her old home and take the risk of any treachery alana dale and fennel shall go with you dear heart said robin why not they can appear as your father's guests and the two maids will help you keep house also Warrenton shall go as Allan's man. I can be sure that these faithful ones will guard my pretty love from all harm. Am I indeed your pretty love? asked Marian in foolish happiness. Are you sure that you would not have some other maid? To wit, the Demoiselle Marie? She hath an eye for you, as I know. For all she seemeth so much our enemy." trust a woman for finding out another woman's secret mistress Fennell was not loath to leave the Greenwood in the summer months the life was none too bad a one but now that September mists and rains were upon Barnesdale the young wife shivered and complained Hereford is the only one we need fear after all Alan admitted your old Baron would never look for us in Nottingham and the bishop is in london said marion showing her letter see what my father saith therefore robin and his men were left to their own devices in the matter of cooking and kitchen work soon as september's third week had come and gone a dale warrenton the two girls and their two maids all travelled into nottingham on the best horses that the outlaws could provide under escort so far as Gamewell. They were secretly watched into the town, that Robin might be sure no one attempted any treachery. It was arranged that Alan should come himself to Gamewell, and seek the squire's friendship on some near occasion. Then he might tell the old man about Marion, and how she had left his roof. Montfichet would not be vexed with her, Marion felt. If he were, she would come herself and coax him. Also, either Alan or Warrington would find means to send Robin news of the household and tell him whether Fitzwalter returned as the latter promised. So all safeguards that wit could devise were taken, and Robin, having kissed her little fingers very tenderly, left marion with her cortege upon the road by Gamewell, and having satisfied himself that all had gained safe entrance to nottingham journeyed back to the caves at barnsdale with quiet mien his heart told him to suspect some evil plot yet where could he find one scarlet his own cousin had brought the letter and marion had recognized the writing. Oh, how dull the caves and woods seemed without her! Tuck and the miller had employed themselves in cooking them all a royal dinner, and Stutely tried his best to lighten the gloom. Robin laughed with them and sought to hide his grief, feeling it to be unmanly but never had he enjoyed a feast so little in the free woods as this one good food and good company he had but not that salt with which to savor them a merry heart end of chapter 26